we can't afford not to record. So we've got a good episode here. Yeah. Uh, I was going to start with the, with the joke. What's that? Let's hear it. It's because, because uh, I think it'll, it'll go with this episode. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if it's p- politically correct. All right. So, well, do you know I think why? That's why we're, this episode is, is about us not being politically correct. Oh, okay. okay. You know why African Americans don't go to therapy? Uh-oh. Is this, this is a joke, right? Yes, it's a joke. I don't know why. It's because when the therapist looks at you and says, look inward, <laughs> we get offended. That is a terrible joke. That is a terrible joke. I feel terrible for having told it. Uh, <laughs> eh, that was even an awkward laugh you got. <laughs> that wasn't a real laugh. All right, so we'll start this one again. We can't afford not to record. Yes. Welcome we, to... <laughs> this is misunderstood. All right, and today we're going to talk about the N-word. Wow. Yes. And I, I specifically said we needed to talk about this because... Uh, I don't normally use it, but I, and I will say I, I have to be very comfortable, mm-hmm. um, which I guess on this podcast, I've become a little candid, um, and, and open because I'm talking to my brother. Talking with your brother. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of what we're inviting folks in. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, anybody who works with me, will, who, who hears one of those episodes, they're like, Ooh, from Brian. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not inviting anybody to use that word. Uh, but. And I, I don't even I don't even use it around all black people. Well, you can't. I, I think that's one of the things, uh, especially in mixed culture, that it's it's difficult explaining. Because like right now, there's even a joke amongst the kids, like the N word pass, like you can have an N word pass. And the truth is, there are some people who can say it, and some people who can't. And sometimes you are the person who can, and sometimes you're the person who can't. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's it's true even if you're black. There are situations, again, I can't say the N-word. Yes. Uh, I'll lose esteem. I'll lose the way people look at me. There are certain situations, and I'll say I've also used it on the podcast. (gasps) Yes. I've used it, I think one one of the better descriptions is even in this conversation where we were talking about who can and who can't use the N-word, and I said I've seen black people get into fights over the Mm N-word where the last thing... One of the black people said, was this nigga? And then the, the fight ensues. Like, that wasn't a thing to say right then. You, you should have used the N-word. Well, it's such a versatile word. It can be used in aggression, in endearment. Uh, yeah, so I, I can see where, you know, it can be used and, and, and cause a physical altercation. Yeah, because like all language, a big part of it is what does the person interpreting it understand? Mm-hmm. And so a big part of using the N-word does have a lot to do with who your audience is at that time. And so now that gets really scary with what we're doing. Yes. Because we have absolutely no control over our audience. And we got an episode back where we, we dug into a joke um, that was prejudice. Yes. And, and I think it, it kind of goes in that same vein. Mm is we relaxed and we spoke in a way that was embarrassing in mass uh, discussions. <laughs> now, I think the problem is all discussions in this day and age are mass discussions. Now, what do you mean by mass discussions? I think our phones and our computers, I think everything's listening. 
Oh, I think if my, if my kids, when my great-great-grandkids are like, hey, what was grandpa, great-great-grandpa doing on, you know, November 14th of 2028? Alexa, go, Alexa. To, go to Grandpa Larry Moore in 2028. You know, and there I am building something and cursing <laughs> at my kids and all of it will be out there. Like who you are as a person hmm? is not going to be hidden. Okay. If you think you like this little dirty thing, I, I got a second family over here that nobody knows about, your grandkids going to know. There's going to be credit card receipts. There's going to be audio recording. There's going to be video of you uh, taking them to Disney World. And at the same time, a split screen of video of your family at home eating ramen noodles. Oh, like, gosh. <laughs> and two people are going to own it. Facebook and Google. Facebook and Google. <laughs> and they are going to partner with Netflix. And Amazon. And make your show that... Everybody can purchase on Amazon. You know what? Which I think this leads me. Mm -hmm. Because we're we're at this writer's strike. Yes. And it's amazing that right now, movies, television, is getting the most real I've ever seen it. Do you watch Insecure with Issa Rae? Yes. Yes, I love that show. So there's an episode of Insecure my wife and I were watching where um, the lawyer... The, fem- the second female lead. Her best friend. Her best friend is dating a Korean mm-hmm. uh, man. And they go on vacation with the Korean man's family. And an incident happens where they won't give her a towel because she doesn't have a key card. So the lady doesn't believe she's a guest. And mm. the Korean family, you know, he kind of comes over and shows the key card. And they go back over there. And then he tries to do what most folks do. Like, African-Americans do this a lot. We, we talk about race. We try and talk through how that situation should go. So he was like, oh, you know, there's a way you could have handled this. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's how they talk in Korean families. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in black families, we're going to have the first blow up. Oh, I can't believe it. it happens every time. And then we're going to start pulling stories out of each other that are similar mm-hmm. so that we can compare how things went. So we've got these two minority cultures that have a different way of navigating racism. Because they have two totally different experiences with racism. They have two different racism. experiences yes. with racism. And then it gets to a point where she looks at them like, you don't understand racism. And they're like, really? That, that's, <laughs> that's where you're going to go with this? <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, almost as soon as she says it, you could almost see where she's like, well, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. What they don't understand is they don't understand her perspective. They don't racism. understand black racism. But she also doesn't understand Korean racism. Mm-hmm. And so each of them have learned these things to kind of keep themselves going in American culture. Mm-hmm. She's learned things that have pushed her to the point of being a lawyer, of earning equal pay with her cohorts, which she wasn't doing at the beginning of, of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so... Some of the things that she's learned that works for her, some of the things she's talked in the black community that worked for her, she did it in front of the Korean family, and they were like, hey, we've got better ways to, sh- to do this. Let me show you how. Okay, well, even going back to the N-word, mm-hmm. I think that your experiences are what allow you to use that word. If, which is why we get upset when white people use it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't feel like you've experienced what we've experienced to be able to use that word. I, and I, I agree with you, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that comes off difficult. Why? 
because nobody's got the same have you called your, have you ever called a woman a b-word not that i know of i i don't know a, do you feel like you can or you should be able to no no Why? it's an absolutely terrible thing Why? And i should not do it exactly but do some women use it as a term of endearment towards each other yes are you okay with never being able to use that word yes why can't white people <laughs> i what i would say is most of them are most of them i don't think particularly mm-hmm. care okay i think most of the time that that is used it is used as a straw man explain the straw man uh, i think there's a complaint that nobody should be able to use it that anybody who uses the n-word is demeaning anyone around them and the problem is that is true that's not true it is if you go into your office and you use the n-word on your other black co-workers the people who watch that are going to think less of you yes i i agree which is why I don't use it in right. every environment. But what gets concerning mm-hmm. is when we have people who will sell the use of it. Rappers. Probably the, the, the biggest group. Mm-hmm. Who, in describing intimate conversations, the same way this is an intimate conversation, mm-hmm. a rap lyric is a poem. It's an intimate story mm-hmm. that's given out for public consumption. Okay. And... Because it's out for public consumption, I think there's a big concern about the use of the N-word. Hmm. Now, that, that leads us to, because um, there's a country song. CMT has taken this, not in my town, or try that in a small town. Uh-huh. And they've banned this particular song. Are you about to play it? You know, I think it's probably a good idea to play it. Um, I don't know if we have the audio set up too. But what, what's the name of the song? It's "Try That in a Small Town," and I'll, I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna bring up the lyrics. Okay. And so the lyrics are: "Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? Well, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the fag, stomp on the flag, and light it up." Yeah, you think you're tough. We'll try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town. All right, it goes on. I got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that shit might fly in a city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. Hmm. So we've got two sets of lyrics. Okay, well let's 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 uh, let's break down the first set. Set first set. <laughs> uh, sucker punch somebody, carjack old lady, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. Are these stereotypical black crimes? I think when the, I think that that's the feeling mm-hmm. is when you say carjacking, especially in America, it it's an urban crime, mm-hmm. and urban is a synonym for black. It's it's Grand Theft Auto Four. Which one's the one with? Uh, with a black character. Uh, I think it's five. Five. Grand Theft Auto five. It's carjackings are, are black and Hispanic issues. White people steal cars. 
And I, I think have they not seen Gone in sixty seconds? <laughs> right, that's white crime. <laughs> you you walk away from your car and I finesse it away. <laughs> Poof. But in in blacks, we pull a gun on you and we tell you to hop out and then we jump in and we we drive off with it. So I think that's that's the feeling that we get amongst the the idea of carjackings, mm-hmm. which carjacking also feels more Hollywood than true life. And I, I know that happens for real because armed robbery happens for real. Mm-hmm. People rob banks and then get chased by the cops and put a gun in the first person's face that has a car and hop in it and drive off. So those things are real. But I don't know that how often they happen compared to how often somebody walks out of their house with the clicker <laughs> and their car's been stolen. How, how, how closely those things so, so my belief is most of these ha- things happen in small towns mm. at exactly the same rate and nothing happens. Okay. Yeah. There are a lot of people in small towns punching other people, mm. getting drunk on a Saturday night, punching somebody out. Well, we live in a small town. We live in a small town. Um, I would say Christmas 1995, 96. Mm-hmm. Um, our parents' van was broken into mm-hmm. right outside the bowling alley. Uh, they stole our... TV, you know, Christmas, we got a TV for a the van. car TV oh, in man. 1995. Rear projection. up there. <laughs> a CRT monitor. We was, we was up there. Yes. So we know these, these things, things happen, happen in yes. Franklin County. We know cars are stolen. Mm-hmm. We know frequently the elderly are abused. The elderly are stolen from in Franklin County. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of retribution. So I, I think the problem that happens is it is a painting of two things. One, that the crime is black. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is that it doesn't happen in idyllic white areas. Uh, this, honestly, this song confirms my fear that they have guns and they're looking for an enemy to use it on. So they're looking for that carjacker. Yes. They're looking for that sucker puncher. And, and I'll say it because we have seen this coming from a small town mm-hmm. uh if you remember uh two years ago mm-hmm. uh bridget craighead Shout tried out. to hold a, a peaceful rally uh she tried flyer, to flyer flyer well, well she did she, she did. did successfully all right uh <laughs> you know the flyer had a bouncy house on it said free food uh you know kids come out and enjoy um a local gun company mm-hmm. tried to say that antifa was coming in Outsiders were coming out uh, into our town, you know, pretty much get your guns. And people did. Yes. And uh, people did. People showed up. Uh, the, the people with the, the rifles that were visibly carrying mm-hmm. stayed pretty far away, I will say. But we saw high-powered rifles. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and uh, they I'm, stayed I'm away lear- hoping I'm, for yeah. something to pop up. I'm learning we can't call them assault-style rifles. Why not? Um, in conversation, whenever you say assault-style rifle, they automatically dismiss you as not knowing enough about firearms to talk about them. So you can call it a rifle. And when I say it, to describe this rifle, I will mm-hmm. say that it uh, shoots off several rounds. I don't know. You know, what, what's funny is, okay, because this, this one, one gets me, is an assault-style rifle is a cosmetic look to a yes. weapon. So... 
The reason something gets labeled as an assault weapon is not because of how many rounds it can fire or hold or, you know, the capacity or any of that stuff. It really is about the look of the weapon. So having something like a grip that is tilted back, having a, a front space for you to hold your hand, a lot of it has to do is, is this weapon ergonomically designed to be fired without aiming? That is what an assault rifle weapon is. That's it. Well, but have you been in a conversation with somebody who automatically dismisses you as not knowing enough about guns to talk about it, I've, if you refer to it as an assault-style rifle? I have been, I've been in several conversations yes. where I'm dismissed. And I've asked them, what am I supposed to call it? It's a rifle. Okay, well, how can I describe this rifle that doesn't look like the you know, 22 shooting okay. rifle that my dad <laughs> well, used I, to shoot squirrels? <laughs> I've, I've gotten to the end of that conversation. Uh -huh. So, yes, I've been in that, and they'll say, you know, they, they get you. They go, oh, yeah, uh, assault rifle. What is an assault rifle is, is usually my question to them. Mm -hmm. And their question will be, their, their answer will be that, that it's, it's the way the rifle looks. And I said, yes, that is what we are talking about. And so they, they will get dismissive because they're like, oh, you want to ban the scary looking guns? And some of the answer is yes. Mm. Is there's an honest truth to some people feel more powerful holding a scarier looking weapon. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't aim as well, even if it doesn't fire as well, because we're also not talking to people we're worried about are not worried about picking a deer off at 300 yards. The people we're worried about want to bust in somewhere in their long trench coat, look cool, and do something that they think they're going to be remembered for. Hmm. And so we're fighting two different people. So I have gotten into that, but they're looking for an excuse to dismiss you in the first place. Okay. So I, I don't know that it would matter at all. Because usually what happens with me, because I, I do about the same thing you do. I'm, I'm walking it the other way. But they try and get me on AR. Okay. Because they go, um, you know, we'll be talking about AR rifles. They're like, what, you know what AR stands for? Hoping that I'll say AR stands for assault rifle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I go, I, I don't remember. I know it's like Armor Light Rifles or, you know, it's like the company name. I don't, I don't have it memorized. And so when they don't, trap me into that but they're looking for that you don't know enough i can dismiss you yes yes so how do we get over that in in the conversation because this is also one of those places that i i hope we can arm some of our 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 liberal listeners with when they get into a gun debate there are things that you do have to avoid you do have to avoid saying assault weapon mm -hmm. and just say weapons okay Scary looking weapons. You have to avoid <laughs> capacity and magazine. But saying things like, I would like a weapon where somebody has to physically reload after six shots. Because what we know is in many mass shootings, the survivors happen during reloading periods. Hmm. So I, I don't care what you have to do to make it so that after six shots are fired, that person has to wait another four minutes, but that's what I want done. Give people enough time to get away. Because if more than six people are attacking you, you are at war. You know, if you have a, if you got a house and you've got six bullets and 12 people come into your house, you did something more than just have, you, that's not protection. 
Mm. Like, you're in the mafia or something. That's that's Scarface. I don't know. Have you not heard of the clan? More than six of them showing up. Yeah, what's the last time? <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that's true. Really? I don't. I don't believe the clan was ever heavy in numbers. I think they were heavy mm. in members. But I have the feeling most of the time when they went out and rode, it's three to five of them. But three to five people show up at your house on horseback, lit up by a cross, it's going to feel like 50 people. This is scared of snot out of you. But you're not rounding up 50 people to all be silent about an act of terror. Mm. That That is my belief. You never heard he, of Rosewood or even... Uh... But Rosewood wasn't a clan. Rosewood was a... Community. Community and a drunken festival. Mm. They went in and they delighted over this. Because there were members in that community that saw those folks come back from war, asserting their rights, building their own community, gaining things that they didn't have. And as the time went on, they drunk and they, they went in and, and it was war. They committed war against their own citizens. Okay. So in those instances, you're right. You, you might need bullets for war. <laughs> you might need more than six shots if you're going to end up in a war zone. But other than that, I can't see ever needing to fire more than six shots without the guns having to stop. I also don't understand how I can have a self-checkout, but you can't, you know, like register bullets to a person. Hmm. If you go buy a box of bullets, you know, I, I you should have to lick them or something. <laughs> so when they pull it out, DNA. they're like, it's gems. We, we know who bought this box. <laughs> But I, I think there's a desire to be able to kill somebody. Anonymously. Anonymously. Hmm. Because we're, we're at a technology point where cameras have almost ended that. Is hmm. If you kill me, it's probably going to be on Facebook Live. Because I, I'm not pulling a gun. <laughs> I'm opening up YouTube and hitting record. I don't know if uh, anonymity is, is a... Is more of an issue as uh, being justified I think that they would rather have a reason to kill somebody like the lyrics to this song they're a carjacker mm -hmm. um, they are stomping on the flag those are the type of people they want to use those guns on but those things, don't let it happen in my small town but those things exist in such a limited space well even to me um if somebody's trying to steal my car, mm -hmm. I don't think I would want them dead. I'd rather give up my car. And I love my car. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's not worth a life to me. Cars can be replaced. That person, you know, no, I don't know what they're going through. And maybe it's because I, I've spent so much time in the mental health field. But I, you don't know what somebody's going through. Also, it just... That, that brings them to the point where they feel the need to take something that belongs to somebody else. It just feels so futile, though. Mm -hmm. Stealing nowadays. Like, what are you going to do? Walk past the ring camera? Steal a car? Have the car sensors go off and record your face while you're driving off and email you the footage? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to protect your stuff anymore mm -hmm. because we've got enough cameras. 
So I, I, I still have trouble understanding where, how there's so much crime when there's so many cameras. I don't, I, think about the think about the president. So right now we've got a president, uh, a, a vi, uh, ex president, former, former president, president, okay, who's being indicted for a crime. And a lot of people tell you that crime is taking documents. Crime is not taking documents. Read the indictment. The crime is sharing information. Now we live in an age. This man is on audio, sharing information. There are photographs of the boxes in public view. Boxes of classified documents on a stage. At a resort. At a resort. Like, if this happened 20 years ago, nobody would know. Mm-hmm. Because he could have shared everything he wanted, and when he got in front of people, he'd have been like, I didn't do that. But he can't now because there's too many cameras. Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. if he didn't have these things or didn't say these things, if somebody was like, well, they could have done an AI and made a fake video of him saying that he stole these documents, he's got cameras in Mar-a-Lago. He could release the footage himself. Mm-hmm. There's cameras everywhere. Why isn't he releasing any footage that shows that he did not do these things? Because they're releasing footage showing he did. Uh-huh. They're releasing all. He's not even denying the audio. <laughs> and in some cases, like Kid Rock told on him. <laughs> Kid Rock was sitting there like, man, he was telling me stuff. And I'm like, I don't think you should be telling me. <laughs> That's that. Wow. Coming from Kid Rock. Coming from Kid Rock. So... We live in a world where I don't understand crime. The only thing I can really figure is there's a lot of people that want to be able to get away with things. Still. Yes, still. Right. If I shoot somebody and I think it was justified, but I go back and look at the video and I go, oh gosh, he was running away. I panicked. Well, Kim Weeks also explained that kind of, falls into why most African Americans don't like the slogan make America great again. Because it's a regressive yes. slogan. Yes. And I all right. And so here's here's the the take on this I'd like you to consider mm-hmm. that make America great again doesn't mean make America like it used to be. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to the work of making America great. I mean, are you saying switch the slogan? No, no, no. Which I'm saying I think some of them hear it that way. They're not hearing make America great again like 1901. They're hearing start working on making America great like we used to do. We used to get up and work hard in the mornings. We used to uh, have dinner with the family. Let's do the things that made America great again. I'm telling you, I'm steeped in in this conservative media. I think this is what a lot of them hear when they hear "Make America Great Again." And most Re- of us referring think, back to a, a not time. referring referring back to not a time but actions in a time. So an actions in a time where they weren't confronted with negative aspects of the country that they lived in. 
some of it they is, weren't forced to right but they don't think those are great actions either so if you say you know make america great again you're like like when we were segregating they're going people who were segregating were not making america great they were making america worse mm-hmm. so those don't count as make america great again actions and we have trouble separating them. So they've, they've got two piles of actions. They've got Make America Great Again actions, family dinner, sitting around the fireside radio, you know, knitting socks and hanging popcorn string with the family. And then they've got things that didn't make America great, segregation, shooting Dr. King. <laughs> you know, those are not the things that we want to do. So there's MAGA and manga right they're not manga fans at all america not a great right not great okay uh yeah i, I mean, think it, that's it, how they hear it why can't they just get rid of the again because like, the mag again, mag is perfect the again part is them believing that or and i'm not even gonna say believing because i believe it too is them remembering that their parents were also good people. Because I've heard a lot of them tell me, like, oh, yeah, my dad was racist. Mm -hmm. But your dad was racist, but he came home and he encouraged you to get into science. And then you became a scientist. You know, there were good parts about your dad. So he wants to be able to remember that part again without giving his dad full ownership of the racist piece. That, that gets difficult for it, us. Because what we have, we have a tendency to overshine in this country. And, and the black community is about to, to bite a big one here, I think, with, with Dr. King's stuff being released. I think we've always had this kind of, you know, Probably ever since Stevie Wonder, he's, he's probably, Stevie Wonder's who we probably really need to put up on monuments, but ever since Stevie Wonder convinced America to push this Martin Luther King ideal out, we've had this common bond. But I don't think we're that attached to figures. Um, Bill Cosby. Yeah. Loved Bill Cosby. Oh, loved he was, Bill Cosby. He was America's dad. Yes, he was. But... When we found out this man was a pervert and a bigot, hey, you know. Yeah, we didn't defend him. Damn what he did. You know, I, I you know. I got a, I got I don't, a, <laughs> I got an Omega poster with like famous cues on it. Uh-huh. And so I cut out a picture of me and, and taped it over Bill Cosby's <laughs> picture. <laughs> and rightfully so, you know. <laughs> I, I had to let the cars go. If they erected a Bill Cosby monument, hey. Yeah, it's time. It, 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 bring it down. Go. And but it, and and pretty it gets, much Temple did that. Temple I think there might that. have been a, a building named after him. They they gave his donations gave his back. back. Yes, man, for a black college to give money <laughs> back. <laughs> yes, and and we still we're still struggling with with the other parts of his legacy because I we we know again we we've, we've discussed this on other other podcasts. Probably the sound's not as good as this one, uh, but Bill Cosby's legacy and getting people to college Mm -hmm. bill cosby's legacy and establishing the idea that a black family is normal but that's stuff that cannot be taken away it can't be taken away because that stuff took a team to build 
Okay, well, but same thing with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What he has done is ingrained in us. Yes. The good is, is there. It can't be taken away. You know, I, the way we feel about him, that can. Mm-hmm. The same with Thomas Jefferson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stonewall Jackson. Uh, any of the Confederate generals. Mm-hmm. Except for Mahone. I, you know, I, got a soft spot for Mahone? I do. I have a soft spot for Mahone. I, I got a soft spot for Jefferson. But even still, I wouldn't want to see an, a monument erected for him. But I do value his redemption. What I w- and so, like Jefferson, mm-hmm. there is a monument to Jefferson that exists and will exist as long as the United States is here. And it's the Declaration of Independence. Uh, no, I don't, it's not. It is. It is a monument to Jefferson. It's not. It's a monument to who Jefferson wished he was. But to me, it was not. It's not a monument for Thomas Jefferson because there are several signatures in there, and yeah. the one that John Hancock sticks out the most. Yes, uh, but it was his pen. It was his study. It was his writing. It was his time outspent. I have an immense respect for that slave owner, <laughs> but he was a slave owner. Mm-hmm. He was the worst of the worst. As good as he was the best of the best. Okay. And I, I, I don't think you can separate them. And I think... You don't think you can you separate cannot. them? You cannot. Why not? Because he has to be as terrible as he was and be as good as he was. He earned his own legacy. I think One you doesn't be, diminish I think, the other. I think you can be thankful for what he did, mm-hmm. but still not respect the man that he was. Same with Bill Cosby. I'm thankful for what all that he has done, mm-hmm. but I don't respect him as a man. Okay, and and I, and this may just go to so any any of his work that he has done, you know, it's great, but I don't see it as as just what he did anymore. Golly, and that man that that does just get to some because. My, I think my natural inclination would be to say out loud, and I'm glad it kind of stopped, is that what Thomas Jefferson did was not as bad as what Cosby did. But it was. Yes. He had an affair with an enslaved woman. He had an affair with someone who did not have control of her own body. It... And so that's a rape. Yes, <laughs> it, it just it it is. It's it's to me it's the same as uh, um, what's his name um, the the big time producer, Harvey who, Weinstein. Yeah, you know what he did. It's just as bad. I. He used his power to take advantage of, mm-hmm. of situations and people. Yes. And and I think the only thing <laughs> I. I I'm a little bit aware of, just like us, mm-hmm. overstepping on, on previous podcasts and mm-hmm. having to, to ask an audience to go, hey, no, there's still things wrong with us, mm-hmm. is to recognize that, that it's a human condition. Okay. That I, I think when my kids see how much garbage I throw away, how many things I purchase based on slave labor... You know what, honestly, but I think the most respectful thing that you can do is what um, 
Robert E. Lee did. I think he realized his flaws mm-hmm. when he said not to erect any monuments in my honor. Yes. I tell my kids, hell, no. I don't think anything should be erected in my honor because I have a flawed past. Yes. But I, I have gotten better. I re- You know, previous episode where we talked about uh, what we thought was gaming on girls mm-hmm. and how now we realize it was... <laughs> it was creepy. Yes. And, and we were putting females in... Uh, situations that we shouldn't have, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that, Hey, you know, we park here, you know, they'll want to, you know, give us a kiss or, or whatever. We're putting them in a situation where we they have, feel like they have to. Mm-hmm. And it was, yes. And it, it was something that, man, whew, that man, that podcast, that, uh, that radio episode, like hit me hard. It was, it was like a, a curtain falling. I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, and so the, the, I believe it was Sabrina Taravisi who's mm-hmm. been here before, and she was interviewing women who had been sexually assaulted. And many of the women talked about being put into positions where it, they no longer had control. A gentleman would drive them out into the woods and go, oh, you know, we're not going to uh, start the car back up until, until we fool around a little bit. No, I never got to that point. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> I would say, and, but... And I think there's what also dawned on me, like I, I, everything in the, in the podcast, I can also so that she talked about. I really hadn't pushed it as far as any of those folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also say it wasn't because I was a good person. It was because I didn't necessarily have the opportunities or recognize them. Mm-hmm. So I just had no vehicle for a long time to take somebody somewhere and, and, and park it and hide them. I had no places that were like that. I wasn't uh, a good person because I was intrinsically a good person. I was a good person because I didn't have opportunities. And then when I learned that the opportunities I, I, I knew about were terrible, I'm happy now. But I, I still think I have to own the fact that those things wouldn't have bothered me then. Hmm. And... I think it goes back to, yeah, our, our kids can't make monuments out of us. Okay. Is, is you're right. If it, it invites a reminder that we're flawed. So they may just have to hold on to our memories as, as opposed to, and of course, whatever Alexa tells on us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, gosh. big brother, what time is it? <laughs> All right. That's a heavy point. I've been given the light flicker, so we're a little short on this episode. No, well, we, we oh. still need to circle back to... Uh, the use of the N word. Okay. Well, what do you? I don't know. I don't know what we can get to it. Like, I, I hope I'm very clear. Mm-hmm. Your best bet is no. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Reconsider. No matter who you are, it's a bad idea. You'll probably hear me say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I. I flawed human being. I, I think that's that's the statement. I know anytime it comes out of my mouth, I appear lesser. Mm-hmm. There are people I am comfortable being seen as lesser. Like, I don't mind tripping and falling in front of you. I would never want to start the morning and, and be like, all right, Stu, whoops! You know, there are people I'm comfortable being... <laughs> 
lesser than in front of, and there are people I'm not comfortable being lesser in front of. I don't know why I thought about the uh, the Key and Peele skit where, <laughs> where the teacher farts. comes in class and farts and just. <laughs> oh man! He's like, I lost all respect. He just walks out. Oh, that episode that that <laughs> killed me. I may as well be calling me Mister No Nonsense because I do not play. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yes. So, with that being said, you know, uh, disclaimer, you might hear it in for future episodes. Mm-hmm. I think you, I think they will. I, I think absolutely will. Mm-hmm. I think um, if there's an issue with anything we say, mm-hmm. I hope we do exactly what we did at the beginning of whichever episode where we... I don't know if it was an apology, but I think I'd, I'd like to place it as an apology. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the tone I used was prejudice. The way I reinforced it was prejudice. And I, I don't... I think those are reflective of who I'd like to be ongoing. Okay. I'll, I'll say also that um, we encourage growth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that's one of the biggest things that, that we enjoy getting out of conversations that we have from people from different backgrounds and ideals is the, the growth that we get from the dialogue. Because we're not just preaching. We're also we're learning mm-hmm. from the people that we talk to. Um, I will say we've even formed friendships yes. with several people that, that we don't think alike. Yes. Um, I, I think honestly, the, the uncle Tom movie night mm-hmm. and my, and I'm called Thomas out. I ain't want to, I've been, my friendship with him is one I really enjoy. And, and I, I will say, I enjoy you all's friendship. I, contact, <laughs> I contacted two people on this, him and I won't, I won't post the other, other fellow, but I contacted them and asked them about listening up to this. And both of them, I really enjoy the, the conversations because every once in a while, if something's happening in the black community or with like BLM mm. or a liberal group, he'll call and go, hey, what's critical race theory? <laughs> That's good. It is. Oh. It's, it's amazing. And I also feel though, as though I can do that. Like I can call them up and be like, hey, uh, what's a bump stock? You know, <laughs> and so I like having. Why can't I use assault style rifle? <laughs> yes. Why can't I say assault weapon? <laughs> so I, I like having those connections because it also reminds me that there are some people I absolutely trust with assault weapons, hmm. just a hundred percent. Like if either of those guys have a high-powered weapon at home that is scary in somebody's hands. I know theirs are in a safe away from their kids. They know when it's loaded, when it's unloaded. They know where it is. It's been cleaned. It's been used, and they can tell you about it. I don't. I don't mind gun people. Mm. What bothers me is people with guns. Okay. Well, what's the difference? The the person that practices with it, that cleans it, that has it in his in his place. This is are, my rifle. This people. is my gun. Yes, those are gun people. <laughs> this one's for now, shooting. And the this person one's for that's fun. got it in a shoebox at the back. And the last time they shot it, they were shooting cans in the backyard and was talking with their buddy, and they don't remember if it's loaded or unloaded, or they got it slid under their car seat and it slides around. People with guns bother me. Hmm. Gun people, I'm okay with. And I can see why we make gun people so angry. Because gun people are like, listen, I am doing everything right. Hmm. But people with guns are not. (laughs) If their gun safe is a shoebox, 
and the bullets and the gun are in the same shoebox. And see, I don't know how I feel about that. Because um, I'm afraid of those gun people um, that, you know, enjoy shooting their gun. They, they take care of their guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like they are going to get bored with, with target practice. And that they're looking for, you know, these people in the lyrics to the song to come to their small town. So they have a reason to use it. They want to use it on somebody. And they want to, it to be justified. Uh, you know what? I'm, and and I'll, I'll even go a step further to say that that's why we are afraid of this local militia. All um, right. Because they are a, a, a club that is private. And you know, I feel like we should know more about them. Well, I'm going to hold you there. Okay. I think we're going to call the next episode Justified. Okay. And we're going to reach out to the militia and see if we can have them. All right. All right. This is misunderstood. Oh, I feel like that was a good one. It takes me away. Give me a blanket and a space for my head. When time descends like an old stage curtain on the Like an old stage curtain.